It's another week and another edition of the biggest big time Livingston FC based podcast. Joining myself, Jake Pointer, this week is my co-host Liam Innes. Hello. And our big time panellists, Thomas Fro and Owen Innes. Hello. This week we will be looking back at the recent home defeat for the Lions against Rangers. Thomas and Jake will tell us all about the Women's Team Awards night and we'll get the rundown from our resident ladies man on how the women's team is shaping up and we'll finish up with a round of our favourite Dundee United Livy connections ahead of the Lions trip to Tanadice this coming Sunday. We don't want to waste any more of your time. We know you're desperate for some content. So... Hey Mr DJ, put the intro music on, I wanna talk about living <laughs> Why do you make me do these things? <laughs> it wasn't as bad as the park life one. Saturday the 30th of July 2022 the opening day of the cinch Scottish Premiership season. And top of the bill was Livingston versus Rangers live on Sky Sports for a lunchtime kickoff with the Lions falling to a narrow 2-1 defeat. Livy took the lead on the fifth minute with a sumptuous lob from Joel Nubley for his first goal for the Lions before late-ish strikes from Scott Arfield and a free kick from James Tavernier turned the game around, leaving the brave Lions with a big fat zero points from the game. So, I'm going to come to you first, Thomas. Livy got off to the best start to the game. Black shorts with a kit, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, everyone's clambering for the black shorts to stay. I'm a man who wants the black shorts to stay. Thomas, just quickly, a yes or no, do you want the black shorts to stay? Yes, obviously. Good lad. But obviously, I was only jesting. I was only joking, Thomas, the black shorts. That was a good start. However, the goal from Joel Nubley set the season off well. We were, in our little secret group chat, our big time group chat, were questioning the decision to play him as a number nine because of his previous games there. But he was like a modern day Lyndon Dykes, wasn't he? He was unbelievable, wasn't he? It was it was great. I would argue that in the build-up, he's better than Dykes. So receiving the ball into feet and actually taking a man on. So I think Dykes relied on players kind of playing off him a little bit. So Dykes was great when you'd got get kind of a decent ball up to him and he had players around him uh, like a Scott Robinson kind of coming in behind him you know someone for him to play off of. but Noobs kind of did it on his own at stages so he would get the ball into feet in wide positions um, or take it in his chest control it and then turn a defender and was it three bookings he won uh, Rangers, three Rangers players got booked and they just couldn't couldn't handle it at all um, the way that he, he turns and kind of accelerates, it's unbelievable. Like, he's just, he's so good. And yeah, I think he offers something very different. So I'm going to put down on the record here, it's only the first game of the season, but he we, he's going to go down, like, long-term history as better than Dynasty. <laughs> well, sticking with you, Thomas. Right? Yes. Reckon, do you reckon we'll see more of Nibley? up top going forward and do you think that it's got the potential to leave Bruce in the cold or 
was it Nubly plays against Rangers and Celtic up top, a bit like the Andrew Shinney of last season, and Bruce <laughs> plays against the wee teams, or what are you thinking, Jink? Do Nubly will try and make that position his own? No, so I I think we'll pri- primarily see him out wide this season. I think he can do kind of everything that I've mentioned there. I think he can do from wide positions, and he does well. Kind of the best, some of the best things he did during the game, apart from the goal, were in kind of slightly deeper wide positions where he was picking up the ball. Um, obviously, you're going to drop deeper playing up front against Rangers when you're kind of ten man behind the ball. But he had Shinny and um, Pitts behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of meant that he had to kind of cover that front line because they were dropping so deep. Um, so, nah, I think you stick him out wide, let Brucey go up top, and then he can kind of run havoc on the wings. And then he's got that other player in there to support him as well because, you know, his shooting's not the world's greatest. Um, but, you know, I think having another player there with him in a central role is going to be key. Finally, on Joel Nubley. Uh, when we had an opportunity in the second half, it was 1-0 at the time maybe to wrap up the game, Nubley sort of turned John Souter inside out for about the 400th time were you a bit disappointed with his lack of confidence to shoot considering he had about three opportunities to shoot and considering the goal that he already scored, do you think that that's where his downfall as a number nine will come? Yeah, I think he's a very um... Uh, ungreedy player like he's you know he wants every he wants to bring the entire team into the whole thing like he doesn't just want um to be the guy that kind of is is known for doing everything so yeah i think i think that kind of let him down i mean you've got to, you've also got to think first game you know kind of first game of the season he scored his first goal his confidence is going to be high um but by that point, you know, we're sort of in the second half. Rangers were essentially pummeling us. The crowd is, you know, going crazy, you know. So I think he thought there was someone else nearby him. So I think he tries to hold up the ball because I think he thought there was like, you know, Pittman or Shinny were, were making a run in and they just weren't there. And then he's just, he's, he's just kind of lost it, um, really. But, um, I just wanted to go on record after last week saying I wasn't impressed by Nubly. He was fucking brilliant on Saturday. He yeah. obviously listens. He, obviously he listens. does. He does. And uh, I, I believe that uh, we'll, we might hear a couple of stories later on, but I believe that uh, from Thomas and uh, and Jake. But I think uh, Joel Nubly is a massive, massive friend these days of the Admin View podcast. So. Yeah, I, I'm going to officially say I think we can now call him friend of the show. Friend yeah. of the show, friend Joel of the Nibley. show, Joel Nibley. Oh, and you're um, so reactive, man. It's like you watch a couple of games, you're like, nah, I was, I, nah, no, he's getting found out. <laughs> no, nah. I was like, uh, okay, and, and you just you're the most reactive guy ever. Like, ah, uh, no, I, and and yeah, I totally agree with that. I am very much <laughs> like that. Um, yes. without a shadow of a doubt I mean you know <laughs> whoever you know you guys have worked it out I'm pretty sure that all of the people that listen to this have also worked that out I am you know they worked me out a long long time ago we'll stick with you Owen there was we caused a couple of problems from set plays in the first half um, are we getting our set play as as the BBC would say are we getting our set play identity back um no, fair enough. Is 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 my is my kind of quite simple answer to that. Um, I think 
we've because recently we've moved that Sean Kelly onto the the set pieces, and he's um, and I think he's got a very very good delivery on him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean we're getting into those right uh, right areas because Io I think was it Io had like a couple of decent opportunities from the set plays. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I mean that that goal that was chopped off, like you sh- you show me where that foul was. There was like to me, I couldn't really see any foul uh, in the lead up to the goal. So, um, but um, but yeah, no, I, I would like to see us getting that identity back. But I think after one game, and, and, and I can't again offhand remember during the Betfred games whether or not we scored from many set pieces. I don't think we did. So you can't say that we're getting our set-piece identity back when we're not actually putting away any of the chances from set-pieces. You know, we look dangerous from them, but we're not actually scoring them. So, um, But I think over the course of the season, because Martin Dale was saying that we needed... Like, we've, we've been tired with this brush of being tall, lanky, um, what do you call it, like hammer throwers and stuff like that, when our players are being like five feet tall. You know, now we have these taller players to attack these balls. So hopefully throughout the course of the season, we'll get that identity back. But I don't think we have it back right this very second. No, that's fair play. Uh, Jake, I'm going to come to you. Um, Rangers had a pretty tight goal chopped off for offside, but then pretty much the exact same cross came in again. This time it was met by Scott Arfield, the scourge of Livingston, the the local Livingston Celtic supporter that plays for Rangers, kisses the badge for Rangers. Get up him uh, to make it one one. Aye, yeah. I see. Yeah. Aye. I did not know that. I thought Uh, he was like Rangers through and through. That boy. Nah, he claims to be, but I'm pretty sure he's a Celtic fan. We'll probably get (laughs) loads of fucking. Zombies on us. <laughs> a um, but yeah, the goal was only a matter of time. Huh? Really, they were just bad yeah. us. Yeah, they were. And I mean, Povey literally called it as soon as he came on. I can. I was thinking it as well. I was like, "Fucking hell!" Like he's so good. I mean, when I was had a few pints on Saturday, I was saying I'd probably shag my mum to for Scotterfield to be at Livingston because he is. He's so good. I'd take him at forty. Like I always just think he's. He's mm. a really great player, and I knew he was going to be the one that scored. We just we can't really handle him. But he does the thing is though, he does it against other teams as well. Like I'm sure he does it in the old firm and does other stuff when he comes on. You know, we were saying that actually as well. Just when you look at the, their bench, because we were obviously sat quite in in C one. Look at their bench running past. You're like Ryan Jack, Scott Arfield, some other really expensive player. You're like Steve Davis. Like you know, you're like fucking uh, hell. Like the depth of their squad is is ridiculous. And so that's the thing about I know you hate saying that. Going oh, we tried hard and we're unlucky, but you know they sh- they should be cuffing us six yeah. seven nil. They yeah. really they really should. Right? If they were that good, they should be cuffing us, and they don't. Because we're so resilient and we're set up well, and 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 not that we should say we should pat ourselves on the back, because that's that seems like a bit like you know it's accepting defeat. But you know, I thought we played absolutely brilliant, and yeah, like mm. I said, it was it was coming, it was coming. Um, yeah, what what can you do? I mean, who was closest to him, Devlin? Maybe I mean, if you're totally picking at straws, was, think, it, someone, was it Devlin closest it, to him? It was so. I think Devlin was closest to the cross, but it was Holt. Let Holt, him run off. Holt, maybe. Because uh, De- Devlin yeah. let one someone go just before that, and we were like, bloody hell, that was close. Mm. Um, 
But just when you're just constantly getting battered by that, and obviously Ryan, like Devlin, did pretty well to look after Ryan Kent for the day. Mm. You know, he did well. Um, but yeah, oh, it was always coming, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think there's, you know, there's a few. Um, I mean, I think in particular the Celtic game last year that we won one nil. It was like nine times out of ten we're not winning that game, and that's the thing with the old firm. Like they have just one or two players. If they are on their day and everyone else is shite, they'll win the game because those one or two players are so much better than the individuals we have. Um, I will stick with you, Jakey boy. Okay. Our new number one got his debut, Shamal George. What were your thoughts? And this is going to be, might be sort of accused of the old Almond View moaning or the Almond View harshness, but. Was he? Could he have done better with a free kick? Do you uh, think? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, great. I, I was actually when I bought my shirt in the morning. His family had driven up from Liverpool. They were in the in the club shop uh, getting Shamal Shum, um, or Shamal or George. I can't remember what's in the back of his shirt. Shamal or George? Shma George. Shma George. Shma George one. Shma George is better uh, on on uh, one of the kits, which is cool. So they're obviously really supportive of him. Thought he did really well under circumstances like no, not really experiencing a game like that before. You know, he did pretty well. Some of his kicking was a. It's like he didn't really stick his laces through it <laughs> properly. It was hitting quite short, but that's totally nitpicking. Obviously, double save was great. Um, yes, I actually think he could have been done better um, I'm going to put my hands up and say it I reckon Max Stryak would have saved that um, that free kick uh, that's kind of his Max's kind of bread and butter that but you did mm. see from his positioning I don't know if, but I, but I, if I saw it on just the highlights and someone was talking about it, I've just nicked it from sports scene but it was like no no it was actually that the highlights um, was it Andy Twat Walker was like he doesn't trust his wall because he was that little yeah. bit further over. And uh, I hate saying that, but I think he was right. I think he didn't quite trust that he was wanting a head start, thinking that's where Tavernier was going to go. You can see that he was going to mm-hmm. dip it over, and he just absolutely ripped past him. And it was just, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, give it to him. Great free kick, great player. Fair enough. But yeah, yeah. could have maybe, could have maybe done a bit better. But I can't, I don't think you can really scrutinise. His first performance dropped into the literal deep end. You yeah. know, dealing with that, I think yeah. he did. He did Very really, toxic. really well. Oh, it was. I mean, it was. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this after. But it was. It was really. It's the worst, most worst atmosphere I've ever had in a Livingston mm. stadium. I'm saying it was horrible. What really, really horrible. Like, because we were obviously normally when I sit with you boys that were in kind of. A1 and A3 and all that which is quite quite nice obviously got it's got the odd idiot that's kind of shouting nonsense but because we were sat right beside C3 and all the, there was about 40 Rangers fans just in front of them and it was just like any second there was going to be an explosion this Rangers fan just mm. turned around just like this the full time uh, Shura's doing nothing it was it was really terrifying there was one guy that came down with his kid and went straight up to Stuart's and was like what are you going to do like I've got, we've got kids here There's, it could be yeah. an absolute full on riot uh, and that was that was the worst thing about the worst thing about it uh, totally was the, the football was great you know it was it was so intense it was so it was enjoyable well it wasn't enjoyable at all it was intense but that was the worst that I've see, ever seen it it was 
pretty terrifying actually because loads of people could have got hurt. I can't yeah. actually well, blows yeah, my mind sorry. that it was even allowed. It's, yeah, it's I know. Um, I I will say obviously the statement has since come out from the club about you know the new system for old firm games in particular, and that's it's pretty much all they could really do. There wasn't really it. It might harm the casual Livy fan, but I was saying last night to a couple of the boys that there's not many casual. There's a not many casual Livy fans in general, and b there's not going to be many casual Livy fans that don't know a season ticket holder. No, so is the the struggle for tickets isn't going to be there for people. And even if it was, you know someone's pal who supports Rangers or Celtic says, can you get me a ticket for the home end? It's one of those that we can use that person's season ticket if that person is a dick and be like... Well, yeah, absolutely. Like, There's accountability now, whereas there was no accountability before. Um, I just don't get it. I don't get the whole, like, you know... the stewards, like the way the turnstiles work, it's not like it's like a a massive, like a area that you just walk through. It's an individual turnstile. Unless they had all their Rangers colours covered, and then just ripped them off. I don't know how yeah. it happened, but like surely they were like, they were being told to cover up. The stewards on. and the police outside of the ground while they were walking into the turnstiles were being told to zip up their jackets or put their jumpers over the top of their away colours. That's how they got in. Because the stewards went. and police did absolutely fuck all. No, but... Uh, I know it's one of these things that we won't go too much into it because we don't yeah, want no, it to no. be negative because there has been and, a positive and outcome. Because there has been yeah. a positive outcome, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, and I mean, I think... Um, I can't remember if it was in the statement itself or if it was Dave Black individually on his Twitter saying the restraint from the Livy fans. I mean, we're not the most fucking... Well, there's not many of us anyway, but we're not the... We're probably the least offensive club in the league in terms of the supporters. Like, no one has ever had any trouble with a Livy fan before. Um, So I think the restraint shown from Livy fans during that, especially in the C3 area where that is the boisterous bit that is the singing bit um, but yeah I think pretty amazing really because it could have yeah, been and, so so bad yeah and I mean the, the stories of the stewards sort of doing nothing and the police it's, it's one of those things it's happened now there's an outcome which should be at least 90% effective yeah no like I, that's I, the thing absolutely I think the club handled it perfectly um, you know, after it, it's better, but like you could tell just from like Dave's Twitter, like how genuinely, like absolutely scunnered he was. On oh the whole yeah, thing. yeah. Like just seeing that. I mean, and you know, be, you know, you'll see it. Certain individuals on Twitter, if they didn't just comment once, it was like eighteen times per person moaning about yeah. this is disgrace. <laughs> and it's like you know, after a while, you're like, right, we get it. <laughs> next, mm-hmm. next comment. It's his next thing. Yeah, it'd have yeah. been, been pretty tough. So, anyway, like you said, we don't want to do any of it. Well done, Livy, for yep. sorting out. We'll move on from the, not even negativity, but we'll move on uh, to the one last question. Thomas Fro has been stuck down in his well for the past 40 minutes. So, let's ask him the last question. Couple of bizarre refereeing decisions through the game. Uh, and although VAR 
wouldn't have have awarded our equaliser anyway because of the timing that the ref blew the whistle. Yes, it was a soft foul. These things happen, and it sort of countered the fact that Rangers didn't get a goal as well. A pretty legitimate goal. Yeah. Are you as and you're pretty much the only guy that actively watches English football. So, how are you think? Are you excited for VAR to come in? Or do you think it will take away from the spectacle a wee bit? I don't think it's going to take away from the spectacle, but I have no confidence in the people who are running it and are going to be running it to make it work well. Now, there's been the argument that the referee blew the whistle early for the Livy goal, which was perfectly legitimate from my eyes. Still can't see what's wrong with it. I think Tavernier has been very smart. I think it was Tavernier on noobs. If that's what it was called on, he's very smart. He's held his arms down. Um, clever what should happen watch, from watching kind of English football when it works well VAR it, what should happen is that that should be waived play on anyway and then the referee should look at it after I don't think that gets pinged in England as a, as a no goal um, I think it continues on the referee lets it play and then checks afterwards but this is Scottish referees that we're talking about. And I've made the point that I would rather have full-time referees in Scotland than VAR come in because they're pish. They're, they're just bad. They're really bad. And I can see it having first season syndrome like it did in England where it was really appalling first season down south. Uh, VAR was very poor. And I can't see it being any better here. I've heard stories about the test games. Um that have been played so there's been like amateur teams uh, gone up to the Orium and places like that where they've been running the VAR um, and the referees have been practicing using it and I, like it's their first time whatever but it's just not working like referee, like linesmen are letting like given tight offside calls straight away stuff like that and I can see that continue to happen when the crowd gets on people's backs when you've got three stands of Rangers fans in, a, in an away ground they're going to make calls on the crowd. They always have, they always will. It won't change anything. And what can they do? Once the referee blows his whistle, that's it. If it's not a goal or a possible offside, they need to kind of... It needs to be done right, and I have zero confidence that it will be done right. And I think it's an absolute sham that it's coming in halfway through the season because it'll change so much. Usually you'd say, you know, you get a few shit decisions against you in a season. Usually, you know, the more level-headed people would say that it evens itself out over the season both ways. You get some bad decisions, you get some good decisions. Sometimes you don't, but it is what it is. That then doesn't let that happen by bringing it in half a season. I think why move the goalposts halfway through the season? And yeah, like maybe run the system, run it. Have referees doing the VAR in the background, but don't actually implement it until next season. So just get them working on it, kind of analyse it after the game, like the decisions that would have been made, are they right and wrong, etc, etc. Use it as a training exercise, but then you've got all the infrastructure in place from January to do that for next season. But starting it in January, is a, it's, a, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. So, yeah. yeah. I'm quite, I have quite strong feelings, considering I don't mind VAR that much. I really don't mind that. I think it's good for the game, and I think it will be good for the game going forward. I watch other sports that have got kind of similar systems, and all the fucking traditionalists moaned about it in those as well in tennis and cricket people moan about these systems there but they're being better for the game in the long run so yeah I don't mind it but it's going to be shit I can tell already yeah I think I remember when it first came in in England 
I, I even remember who the opposition was. It was Chelsea versus Norwich, live on TV, and VAR overturned like the most blatant red card on earth. And I was there's literally no point to this. <laughs> there is like there is no point in having this if they're still gonna get a decision wrong. Um, but no, I think. I agree with you, I think it shouldn't be brought in halfway through the season, or it should be tested in certain Scottish Cup games first, like, yeah, it's, it's a bit shit, but hey, that's what Scottish football is all about, it's shit, we fucking love it. On Saturday, after a rollercoaster of emotions for the Rangers game, myself, Povey and Thomas had the honour of presenting the Livingston Women's Football Club's Player of the Year Awards. Ashley Fish took home top goalscorer and Player of the Year. Player's player was Stacey Calder and goal of the season was Gemma Mason. Tam, Povey, oh by the way, just for the listeners at home, Povey has joined us reeking after day from the festival. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> 40 pims down, big man. Just like you were good on night. Saturday night. <laughs> uh, lads, really good night. Really good night. Um, I'll, I'll pass over to you in just a sec. Um, we really didn't know what to expect, did we? We didn't really know what really we were doing until we kind of got there, but I feel like we kind of pulled it together. And uh, yeah, it was really good fun. And I'm, it seemed everybody was happy. Uh, that were there, uh, Povey. What's what was kind of your thoughts on the night? You seemed to enjoy yourself. I'm sure your shirt was ripped open and you were getting written on at close. So yeah, I'm scared. not name names, but my name was definitely uh, printed on my belly. I suppose I was going to say chest, but it was definitely belly. It was belly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so waking up the next morning was like a couple of names written on me. It says it all. Like uh, it was, it was great. You know what? Like. Obviously, I've missed all the Rangers chat, but it was a pr- it was quite gutting. Like me, me and Jake, we were walking uh, back to like get changed. I, I got myself a nice new shirt for the night out, and um, uh, I, you know what? Like I was, we were feeling a bit miserable on on the back of what had happened during the game, and then it was as soon as we 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 kind of got ourselves together, met up with a few of the guys and Olivia in, and and kind of discussed what the plan was. And when we got to the stadium and, you know, we found out Nubly was going to be a guest speaker as well. It was just a great buzz. The atmosphere was amazing. And uh, I had, we all, everyone had a great night, you know. And um, it was good to get recognised, all their achievements throughout the year. And obviously, like, for the sponsors and all that to get recognised as well. Um, But I, to be honest, it was arguably more crack than the men's one just because it was like pure party vibes obviously we put our slant on it but like yeah nah i appreciate us getting invited and we just had a great night and hopefully long i don't know more opportunities like that come up again certainly felt like a wee warm-up for the pub quiz as well which was great so but no no thanks to thanks um to hack and the uh, the ladies team for inviting us because it was it was a brilliant night. Yeah, no, absolutely. Tam, I'll just go over to you um, now. Anyway, I was going to ask you questions just in general about kind of the Livingston women's pre-season. But yeah, Tam, you looked like you had a good night. How did you enjoy uh, interviewing Nubly and uh, kind of being doing that part of it? 
He he was a gem, wasn't he? He was absolutely brilliant. He was he was very game, very up for a chat. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was brilliant, especially because it was quite a last minute thing him coming along. Um, so I thought he was like that was firstly amazing that he came down and supported the ladies. I know he's been kind of quite vocal about um, supporting them in the past, uh, uh-huh. but for him to come and you know do everything that he did, presented awards, and then have to chat with us Muppets for a good twenty minutes. Um, it was it was brilliant. He answered every question really really well, just as like you would expect him to. And he's mm-hmm. just a gem of a bloke. Um, I know he made time to chat to everyone that wanted to speak to him. Um, I think a friend of the show, Connor Stables, uh, was hanging oh, off him God. for about half an hour. That's oh, why. So apologies, Joel, if you're listening. Uh, I just need to apologise for our friend of the show, Connor Stables, for for his state. <laughs> I think he was about twenty five points deep. Um, for burning nah. like. <laughs> It was it was an unbelievable night. I was suffering on um, Saturday, and I don't think Rebecca was too uh, pleased when I passed out on the couch until about three o'clock in the morning. Uh, so yeah, good night, good night. Yeah, it was good, and he is he's massive. Like he's I know huge. we said about him before, but he is he is really he is really massive. Thomas, let's jump over to you. So. Ha- can you give us a quick review of the games uh, that you've kind of seen so far? Obviously, the girls uh, would have been feeling a lot of them feeling pretty rough on Sunday, uh, but didn't bloody salt them. I think they bumped them like 10 0, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, it was a, a dominant performance on Sunday, and it was kind of two different teams in both halves as well. So it was good to see the whole squad kind of getting a good run out, um, scoring plenty of goals. It was kind of tough. The, the, Ed McCallie were struggling for players a wee bit, I think. Um, but you know, it was it was a good preseason game. It's always good to have at least one where you score a few goals. Um, and mm-hmm. Cali are in the league as well, so hopefully that's oh, are they? good things. Yeah, good things for next season. Um, it was who they like. So they played Cali at end of last season, and it was not as much the result. Uh, but Cali had a much bigger squad last game of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it's it's good in the right directions. Um, yeah, as as far as other games go, um, it's been some tough fixtures in there. So Renfrew, who were in the same league, I think it was a narrow defeat for Livy. But again, loads of changes. Got a big squad so far, trying to get all the all the players on. Um, uh, Saint Mirren, uh, sorry, no, not Saint Mirren. Uh, Kilmarnock, who were league above, and um, it was you know that was a really interesting game actually. So Livy went one 0 up. Um, and then kind of eventually kind of suffered to a 4-1 defeat but Kilmarnock look a really good outfit for only being one league above they look very fit you can definitely tell the difference of the teams that train four times a week and are getting a bit of cash in their back pockets because it's it's just a fitness level it's moving about the park especially playing on a big pitch like at Livingston it was um, it was a tough game for them Rebecca uh, was knackered after that chasing around uh, their little central midfielder but she was she was so good <laughs> Um, so yeah tough game but good because then you get to see where your levels need to be in the next few years um, obviously Cali like we just talked about and this weekend the last preseason game against St Mirren um, mm-hmm. not sure what to expect I won't be going because if I don't need to go to Paisley I won't be going to Paisley so uh, so no, yeah thank you. No, exactly. that's, that's fair enough um, and so who do you think the, you're going to be our key players this season obviously we've got, we had the three girls that won the awards this season Ashley I mean hoping for another massive season for her they need her, need her goals um, so who who do you think is going to be the kind of the, the, the top performers yeah so obviously 
Ashley's always going to have an impact. She's scoring goals already pre-season. Um, she just needs to keep that up. Uh, she looks ready for the new season, so that's great. Um, I think kind of with Sir Rachel Wokenshaw's injured at the moment, so the midfield is kind of really important. Um, Rachel's a very good player, so I think they did okay um, in the last season without her in, in there. But you know, whether been out for a bit longer, they really need to pull together. Um, so Shannon, um, again, always a key player, but super key this season um, as the levels go up a little bit because the league's a bit harder. Mm-hmm. Um, need to be kind of strong in centre midfield. And I'd say it's hard to pick. You like try to pick someone at the back, but they're all solid. They're, they're all really solid. Um, mm-hmm. Between Tash through Fee um, and uh, Gemma, who put in a very good performance at centre half. Uh, on Sunday just there as well so mm-hmm. it's yeah I think defence is one of the biggest things this year because they're like too many kind of silly goals in late in games um, mm-hmm. so if they can stay solid and kind of use what they've got in front of them um, then they'll win way more games this season they just need to kind of keep those keep keep it down to conceding one or two goals against these good teams and they'll score more than them um, it's when that doesn't happen that it's an issue yeah I know absolutely and We've made a couple of new signings in preseason. We saw some uh, just on the Twitter, on the on the Twitter sounded like I'm, I'm a eight, on a seventy year old man <laughs> on the Twitter uh, on Twitter. Um, anything you want to talk about them? Have they have they been fitting in with the team well? Do you think they'll kind of play a part in kind of strengthening the squad uh, for the new season? Yeah, so was impressed. Um, I, I don't know her name. This is really bad. Uh, she played um, on the left-hand side on uh, Sunday just there in the second half and she was very quick, very skillful. maybe something a wee bit different to what they had before uh, something maybe a wee bit more direct kind of cutting in um, trying to kind of attack the box and score a goal from it as well from kind of beating beating our, our marker and, and getting in the box um, but the rest of them as well there's, there's two good players that have come in who've played at a good level um, so yeah, I think they're all going to be important uh, squad depth is huge at this level of football because you know not everyone's going to make every single game work commitments etc etc so yeah it looks it looks good they've uh, improved in the right areas um, everyone's looking great they've had a good run at pre-season which they've not really had over the last few years um, mm-hmm. so fitness levels should be high and obviously new signings come in mix things up a little bit make everyone play for their spot a wee bit more which is kind of you know always good competition is good in all positions so yeah yeah super positive ahead of our joint to the capital of the VNA, the Beano the Discovery and Brian Cox the sound one not the weird science guy we are playing Dundee United in Dundee and we thought why not look back at our favourite players that have played for both the Lions and the Terrors over the years? So, Owen, we'll come to you first. Who is your favourite Livy Lion slash Dundee United Terror? I think this is quite an obvious one, to be completely honest with you. Uh, it's um, the first ever friend of the Almond View podcast, Mr. Derek Lilly. Um, Derek Lilly, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there was just quite a few, but I think 
I mean, Derek Lilly was kind of um, the name on, on almost everyone's lips towards the end of last season because, of course, Bruce Anderson was only one goal behind um, equaling Derek Lilly's record. So, um, I mean, you know, I don't think you can really start this without talking about our top goal scorer in the, in the Premiership. So, uh, for me, I think uh, Derek Lilly... Um, would be would be my choice. I think uh, um, of all of the ex Dundee United and Livingston players, I'd probably choose Derek Lilly, and he would go straight into my side to play against Dundee United on Saturday. So, or Sunday. Sorry, it's Sunday, isn't it? It is Sunday because uh, of their European exploits. Derek Lilly, that's a strong start from Owen. A nice wee tidbit: Derek Lilly follows me on Twitter. It probably follows everyone now on Twitter. But he follows me and his wife as well. <laughs> Weirdly, um, um, Thomas, why don't you tell us your favourite Livy Terror connection? I struggled with this a little bit because the good ones were taken, and then Owen mentioned a name that I thought I would steal, but it's absolutely cheating. It's cheating so bad. So the man that I picked uh, played for Livingston on two separate occasions and was a coach at Dundee United uh, when we all wanted him to stay on into the Premier League he was a coach and it's the one and only Neil Alexander um, I know I'm cheating it's fine it's fine I, I love Neil Alexander my, my first memory I've probably mentioned this a hundred times in the podcast but my first memory is seeing him standing in front of the, the wall end I'm sure unless I'm wrong um, but standing in front of the wall end from the kind of the opposite side uh, at Livy you know must have been such an early game um, for me but it just still kind of sticks out in my mind if it wasn't him then fuck it I probably drank too much in my, in my mid-twenties to, to remember that that early but yeah um, what a goalkeeper what a guy you know what he kind of achieved with us um, over the two spells is unbelievable uh, never been as happy as when he saved that penalty um, mm. in the, the playoff final and you know just chatting to him that night as well at the kind of player awards that year just solidified it for me he was such a gentleman clearly loves Livy like obviously we've kind of we've been on a long journey together with him um but he's just an absolute hero and uh yeah you know maybe Gary Miley finally retires as goalkeeping coach maybe there's a slot for Neil Alexander in there maybe it could be Gary Miley's understudy as goalkeeper coach assistant goalkeeping coach to Gary Miley Assistant yeah, to the goalkeeping coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're big time now. We're big time. We need. You never would have thought coach. Neil Alexander would ever consider being Gary Malley's understudy. <laughs> <laughs> they would have but played together, though. They, they would have played together. The yeah. Palermo Bears. <laughs> the Palermo Bears. Um, <laughs> we'll come to you, Jake. Come to you. Who's your Livy Terror connection? Uh, first of all, how many fucking names have Dundee United got? The Arabs, the Terrors, like these kind of the Tangerines. United, United, they've got fucking loads. Uh, anyway, I'm going to do my one of my favourite ones because as a young boy, when you go to bed at night, you always dream about. It depends on people, but always you always dream about scoring a goal for your for your club and your country. You know, I'm quite a big guy, and I was always like, see, when I saw a big stress, big sexy striker, I was like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a sexy striker. Unfortunately, I've got no touch. No agility, no ability, and fucking couldn't score my way out of paper bag. So I'd have to live my life through this guy called Lee Miller, who played for Dundee United and for Livingston. Loved it when he was in Livingston. He made, obviously, we've spoken about him a lot. 
made such a difference when he when he came to the club. What a partnership we had with Ryan Hardy. Uh, a quick thing from Wikipedia: he made thirty-seven appearances. Appearances. I cannot speak today. Bloody hell, man! Uh, for Dundee United and scored eight times. Um, yeah, what a guy. Also, I do follow his uh, barber shop. See the the things that he does to bald men. It's in- absolutely incredible. Lads, if you're ever need- thinking going for a hair transplant, save yourself a few bob, phone up Lee Miller, he'll make you look absolutely sick. Povey, we might have to get you a new get you a new haircut. Like we'll sp- I'll speak to my best pal Lee. He'll make you have a big emo fringe and it'll be beautiful. <laughs> Man, he would have a hell of a job with me, let's be honest. <laughs> Mate, some of the transformations he's done, awesome. I'm saying just general transformations. Like I love shit like that, but Lee Miller, top top shagger, top goal scorer, and top baldy stopper. <laughs> baldy stopper, <laughs> the notorious baldy, baldy stopper. stopper. <laughs> there's a, there's a guy that signed. I think he, was, he plays for Morton now. His name is Grant Gillespie, and and his squad <laughs> from the team he played from last season was bald as fuck. And then he scored photo this season. He's mir- miraculously <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Eh? It's amazing. What was it? What's the most famous one? Is that Dundee boy who got he got a hair oh, transplant? Oh and, it, and and it's just it's just fucked it again. And he's got the island back. And it's like what a shame, man. You spent all that money. Get yourself up to Falkirk to see Lee Miller. You can't. The weird thing about uh, Grant Gillespie is Grant Gillespie's like been playing professional football for the last like 10, 15 years as a bald man. And then just all of a sudden, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You, you'd go, you'd, you'd maybe think, right, I'm starting to lose my hair. Maybe I'll start doing this. But Grant Gillespie's been fucking bald for 15 years. Yeah. And now basically. he's chosen to get hair again. You're just like, what <laughs> the fuck? I'm pretty sure that like the hair he has now doesn't even match the hair that he used to have. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's even better. A shade of brown. I'd love that, man. If I came if I seven weeks off for summer like summer holidays and I go back to work and like Mr. Povey, uh, why have you got Elvis Presley here? Like, oh, just come God. in full on Elvis. Like, Liam, Liam, let, me, let me talk with my collar up, like, Liam, going full on Elvis. Like. Povey <laughs> fucking wouldn't shut up about Elvis as soon as he walked in the door, put his shirt on, put his collar up. He did about 18 Elvis impressions, then started speaking to Joan, <laughs> Joan Nibley, going, have you ever thought about when you next score? putting your collar up and doing and he, I was like don't do the Elvis don't do the Elvis don't do Elvis and he just went straight in and started doing all the Elvis pressure and Nibley's like oh yeah maybe man Stuart <laughs> Nibley puts his collar up and does an Elvis impression you'll know it's come from the Ammon View boys that's all I'm saying <laughs> alright let's beat him on Saturday night and say if you score on Sunday we expect the collar up Elvis. Oh. I mean, we'll prob- oh, no, we'll probably will be wearing a wake up, but aye, we'll, oh, aye, we'll, we'll, we'll get Joel to sort it. And then we'll say 10 or each to charity if he does it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Charity. Speaking of, again, uh, Owen, what technically, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll give you it because technically we thought he started up front, but he kind of didn't. But no, he didn't. He kind of didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't. Oh. Okay, he definitely so- played up front, though. He played up front for a spell, and for it. me, you win, you win one. That was great. Ah, but I think I think as well that the whole point that you were making last week as well was the fact that Bruce Anderson would start. 
Yeah. That's the point that you guys were all making. You were all saying Bruce Anderson would start. Bruce yeah. Anderson didn't start. And who took his place in the team? Andrew Shinney. But anyway, yes. I think, I, personally, I'm taking it as a win. So, fuck his. Fair play. Right. Povey, tell us your Livy Terror connection, please. So, yeah, I'm going to go not just a Livy and Dundee United uh, connection, but also a Meadow Bank connection. Um, and I'm going to go old school, obviously, with uh, Darren Jackson. So, uh, obviously, started his sort of career with Meadow Bank, or certainly early career with Meadow Bank. Uh, I I was actually at his debut for Livingston, uh, which was away against Falkirk. We lost that game one 0 I want to say someone well someone got sent off for Levy. I'm tempted to say it was Darren Jackson, but memory doesn't serve well. Like he definitely got subbed on, and it was his debut. Uh, but uh, quite a memorable game um, that one, despite. The, the loss but anyway Darren Jackson he had a sort of brief stint and that was uh, that was obviously when we were in the first division and very successful and we had bloody every player at that stage signing everyone but uh, uh, yeah just wanted to give him a wee shout out because I mean to be honest we could be playing hearts and I could say Darren Jackson I could say bloody half half the teams we play and he's probably played with them and <laughs> um, but uh, I have a legend of the game. Let's be the Scottish game. Let's be honest. Uh, and uh, yeah, like he's certainly he's certainly one of the few players to have played for Livingston and Meadow Bank. So thought he was worth a shout out. I like that. He is the the ultimate. And ladies and gentlemen, please note this down. He is the ultimate Livingston FC based pub quiz answer. So. The majority of the answers on our pub quiz will be David Fernandez. The others will be Dan and Jackson. Uh, I'm going to have a go. I'm going to say my favourite Livy Terror connection. This man was Dundee born. He's a Scottish Cup winner, even though he was on a new substitute, uh, for Dundee United in 1994. He's only won silverware with two clubs, Dundee United, the aforementioned Scottish Cup, and two league titles with Livingston. He played European football for the Lions and he wanted to batter Scott Booth for absolutely no reason. The ever elusive Gary Bolan. Yeah. Come on. The mate, Gary, if for any reason you're still considering our offer to come on, <laughs> listen to me, big you up, man. Nah, Gary Bolan, probably one of the first um, Levy players I remember. When I was going, just because he was so... We're talking about bald people, man. He was so fucking bald. There's bald. <laughs> and and then there was Philly Branklin and Gary Bolin. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even have a fucking pube between them. <laughs> like, the, the, bald, the baldest man ever. Um, um, just this wee short, stocky guy that just looked like he wanted to batter. Absolutely, <laughs> anyone that went near him. Um, but in my in my research, right, we all know that Gary Bolin was probably one of the greatest lovey managers ever. Um, he had a win percentage of fifty seven percent, and 
fair play, we were demoted, we had the biggest budget in the third, second divisions. But even that 57% win record with over 100 games as well, that is mad. So that's why we want to speak to you, Gary. We're not going to ask you about Scott Booth because you probably don't remember it. But, mate, <laughs> please just, please come on because we want to speak to you. Um, other honourable mentions, obviously, the most recent, the heartbreaking signing for Dundee United from Levy of Craig Sibbald. Everyone loved Craig Sibbald, man. Uh, friend of the show, Craig Easton, the man that will always have my heart for keeping us single-handedly in the league in 2004-05. Uh, another couple of the, the lower league times was Danny Griffin, or Danny Griffith. I can't remember which one. It was one of the two. Griffin. Danny Griffin. Griffin. Um, pretty unremarkable from what I remember. Seems like a nice guy. I think he was, he, he was, he's been on the Dogger since, and he was, he was very good. Uh, and Tony Bullock, of course, everyone's least favourite goalkeeper. Um, yeah, uh, I can't think of, Has anyone got any more for any more? Can anyone think of um, any other connection? How about our greatest player, David Fernandez? Oh, shit! Yeah, man. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> even I forgot that David Fernandez played. Yeah, for David United. Fernandez, scored, man. Uh, scored against Levy for Dundee United. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, and I remember he was like, nah, no celebration. Like, you know. What a legend. What a legend. legend. He, not even a friend of the show. Best friend of the, the show. Daddy. The daddy Fernandez. of the show. Daddy. Like, he, daddy. he is the daddy. He's our I was, CEO. <laughs> I was I was listening back to that interview with David Fernandez again recently, and like when he was getting released from Celtic, and we had him lined up on a four year deal. Like after that fucking loan spell, he was supposed to sign for us for four fucking years. Four year deal. Insane. And we fucked it up, man. Unreal. Unreal. That, that that I was listening back to and I'm like, I'm loving hearing these stories again. And then I heard that and I was like, I am so depressed right now. We could have had David Fernandez for another four years. <laughs> we fucked it up somehow. Unreal. Yeah, I love the guy. We need to we need to get him back involved somehow. Let's just interview him again. Let's just be like, aye, just come on again, just tell the same stories, man. We'll just get him a sponsor. Just be like, we're sponsored by David Fernandez. He gives us money. <laughs> To just talk about <laughs> him every week, every week, which we do anyway. We do anyway. Yeah. No. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our previous episodes that include interviews with Livingston legends such as David Fernandez, Barry Wilson, John Guthrie, Sean Byrne, and many more. Check out our social media: Twitter and Instagram is at Pod. Facebook and YouTube, just search for the Amund View podcast and make sure to subscribe to wherever you stream your podcast to get notified about new content. Forza Levy, hope to see you next week.